At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome back to another episode of Infertility and Me podcast. I'm your host, Monique Farouk. You can call me Monique. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you for tuning in each week, for sharing, for getting us in the top 100 podcasts of personal journals in the United States. So you guys are the bomb.com for tuning in and for letting me into your space, your ear and your visuals. And thank you to all of the guests thus far can't do any of this without you guys' support, continued support, and I appreciate you so much. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. Just before I introduce our friend Mandy that's guesting with us today, join me on Patreon for private community Discord chat. You can download the Patreon app as well as the Discord app. And when you join Patreon, you will get access to the invite link to join the Patreon community chat. And so what that does is allow us to chat with each other, kind of like, remember the AOL days where you would go into like a little chat room and stuff. So Discord is just like that. Discord provides chat features for the community. So instead of us having like another app, like WhatsApp, which everybody may not be comfortable using, I decided to use Discord because it's a well-known name and also because it's just easy and you could just download the app and then download the Patreon app to your phone. You, you can use it on desktop as well, both of them, but you don't have to. You can use it directly on your phone and we can chat with each other, get to know one another, also meet people in our local areas who are a part of the community and would like to meet up and things like that. And then also you can share your wins, your losses in the community. And it's just something private for us to have. And that's a perk of joining the Patreon community. Just come on over to Patreon so we can get to know each other better. We can build a private community away from social media without all the algorithms. Okay. And we could just get to know each other, have monthly live chats with me, maybe a guest or just us by ourselves, venting, talking, getting to know each other, as well as sharing what we're going through. Join me on Patreon, you guys. Let's do this thing together because we cannot go through infertility alone. And when you join Patreon, you will not only be able to find your tribe, but you will also be helping the continuation of Infertility and Me podcast. And every bit of support helps 
every bit of support is greatly, greatly appreciated. It's not expensive. You can join for as little as $5 a month. The show details, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you are listening on the audio platform of your choice, you can just hit the show details and it will have a link where it says, join me on Patreon. Tap that, go right there, get signed up for the Patreon community. And let's get this ball rolling. Thank you guys again for being here. And so our guest today is Mandy Revick. Mandy and her husband tried to conceive for 10 years before finally getting their BFP and having their daughter. And she was 42 when she gave birth to her daughter. And she went to Barbados for her treatment after dealing with three separate specialists here in the States and not having any success and not resonating with the doctor. And one of the doctors actually really, really hurting her feelings. And she tells us about that because he told her that she was basically too old for IVF treatment. And he kind of sounded like he didn't want to treat her. You guys will hear about that in this episode. You'll also hear about some of the outrageous things that Mandy's mom said while she was in the midst of trying to conceive. Mandy also has endometriosis and even though she did not get treated for it in the way of removal of the endometriosis. Barbadian Clinic found another way for her to be treated for her endometriosis before moving into IVF cycles. And she did three and got pregnant on the second one. So trigger warning, this is a success story. And then the third time she had IVF treatment, it was unsuccessful. She was trying for a sibling when her daughter was around like one-ish years old. And so Mandy, Mandy gives us a full account of her experience going through multiple doctors and not finding one like for instance the last doctor that she saw he hurt her feeling so bad that she didn't go back to get serious about treatment for two years because she had been emotionally damaged by what the doctor was saying to him and then the previous doctors before that just not being of any use really and so Make sure that you tune in for the entire episode, friends, so that you can feel validated, seen, and heard through today's episode with Mandy. Back with Mandy Revick on the line, giving us her story and her details to momhood, and especially being a mom over 40. So Mandy, thank you, girl, for coming onto the show and offering your story to give hope, inspiration to the community. Thank you. Yes. This is exciting. Please don't be nervous. Please don't be nervous. <laughs> so how did you and Hubby meet? How did that happen, girl? So we met in our early 30s. Um, I actually lived in California at the time pursuing uh, TV and film production. And I left all my friends in New York who had graduated college in New York and stayed and worked in New York. They met through hanging out, partying, clubbing. Some guys, one of our college friends, dated my husband's business partner. So they all kind of intertwined with each other, knew, had known each other for almost 10 years. And every year around the holidays, they would say, you got to meet this guy, Johnny. You got to meet this guy, Johnny. He's so fun. He's so much fun. He'll make you laugh. And I'm like, okay, well, every year I came home for the holidays to see my family he would go to see his family for the holidays. So we always missed each other. But all of my friends, even people I went to college with that I didn't even know, had a relationship with him. Somehow we were always connected, but we had never met. Until one day, 
my friends were like, you know what? As soon as you land, we're picking you up at the airport and we're going clubbing. And you'll see your parents tomorrow. And I was like, oh my God, my parents are going to lose their <laughs> shit. <laughs> if I do that, like, like I have to call them and say, mom, I'm here. Because, you know, my mom's like, you're coming home. You have to have dinner with us. You have to spit, you know, tell us how LA is. And so my friends were like, nope, nope. You got to just hang with us first night out. Like you need it. And they knew I was stressed from working in LA, you know, working in the film industry I was a, you know, independent filmmaker. So it was a lot of stress. It was a lot of like really hard to get in the industry as a as a newbie and at the time a woman. And yeah, you know, one night we're out clubbing and drinking and this guy comes up and he's like, "Hey, you know, you're Mandy." And I was like, "Yeah, you're Johnny." Yes, yes, we met. We were both really drunk. It was a hey, hey, hi, hi, bye, and I thought I'd never see him again. And honestly, I didn't think about it. I was really drunk. And <laughs> a few days later, he sends me a message on MySpace that tells my age. Good old MySpace. Good old MySpace. So we we chatted on that for a minute. And I still lived in L.A. And he's like, you know, when you're back in New York, I'd love to take you out to dinner. And I was like, sure, you know. I'll be back in a few months. My brother was actually christening his daughter, his first daughter at that time. And I was like, I'll come out to New York for that. So maybe I'll meet up with you. And so I came home back to New York, christened, um, went to the christening for my niece. And that night that I got home, my mom uh, was like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, what's that? She's like, "Um, the doctor told me I have breast cancer. Mm. what do you mean like what doctor when did you go to the doctor what do you mean breast cancer I had no clue what she was talking about I was just completely blank and um, she couldn't answer any of my questions so I was supposed to meet Johnny that night um, for drinks and I was like hey I can't meet you like some family stuff happened and he pursued me for like you know, a few weeks, like, hey, you want to meet up? You want to meet up? And I kept, like, saying no, 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 no. Because I was locked into what's going on with my mom that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even go back to L.A. and go back to work. Like, one day he calls and he's like, hey, you want to go out for drinks, for dinner? And I was like, look, I, I can't go out with you. I'm, I, I, I just can't. My mom's going through some stuff. She found out she has breast cancer. I've been going with her to doctor's appointments. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So he's like... In his way, in Johnny's way, he's like, you know, you probably need to step away from it for a minute and get an understanding of, like, what's happening. You're probably too in it. So why don't we just come out? You know, you can talk to me. I'm a stranger. I don't really know anything about you. I'm not going to judge anything. And we can just talk. We could talk about that. We could talk about something else. And then you can go back home. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this guy, he's, you know, I was like, He's right that I do need to get away for a minute, but I'm like, it's a stranger. Why do I want to be with a stranger for drinks to talk about my personal stuff? But I did it anyways. I went and we had a really good time. Like it wasn't like crap. We weren't joking and laughing, but I was able to like really put like all my feelings on the table of how I felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was really supportive, gave really good advice and 
from that point on, I talked to him every day while my mom was going through her stuff. I saw him maybe twice a week because I was going to doctor's appointments. Um, but the unfortunate side of that is that while I was going through the stuff with my mom, mm-hmm. his mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So, yeah. So that's so at that point we both became each other. Is like that bond, the bond. That like I need to vent I need to scream I need to cry so mm-hmm. we we were kind of forced into this like bond that like okay how do I help you feel better or not not make you feel judged and mm-hmm. that built that's what built our relationship like we became such good friends we were dating mm-hmm. but we didn't really notice we were dating because we were in such like a a, a genuine friendship mm, mm. that we're like oh wow you know like we we're actually seeing each other more <laughs> often mm-hmm. and talking on the phone like you would do with your best friend you know when you're younger but um, yeah that's how we met and wow. that's how you know we became this like real um, item <laughs> item and. Mm-hmm. His mom unfortunately passed away oh. after um, all the treatment and stuff. And my mom was able to um, get through one um, a, a mastectomy and a lumpectomy. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow. So she she was uh, definitely able to survive through that. And like, what else is what else do we know or like about each other? Mm-hmm. But Johnny's really, really a strong individual as far as how he looks at life Mm -hmm. and so when we you know jumping a little bit when we went through fertility like he was my rock like he just he would make it so fun and funny that the times that I did cry is when he was crying with me it wasn't like I was like emotional by myself he was there like in the emotion as well so and when I was giving, when I had to do shots, he's the one giving me shots and he's cracking up and making me laugh and I'm like, stop, this is serious. And he's like, oh yeah, this is serious, right? This is from you being a B to me yesterday. Like, I'm going to jab this needle. I'm like, okay. So he was able to kind of bring some balance. help, yeah. bring some balance, keep it, you know, keep my emotions aligned and the days that, you know, he could like look at me and say, all right. We're going for a walk. Mm. Or, you know what, let's go take a drive. We'll, we'll find, you know, something that makes you happy, that makes you smile. Or he'll just randomly walk in with, like, flowers and mm. chocolate and ice cream. And he'll sit down with me on the couch and watch a girl film and be like, oh, she's such a bee. She's awesome. Like, and- <laughs> well, shout out to John for being a comedian yeah. and being able to cry. Okay. Like that's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a really that's a that's a, a trait in him being able to, to to tap into his emotional side like that. That's amazing yeah. and be vulnerable. And so that I'm sure that was a great part of your coping, like you just said a few minutes ago, with infertility, your diagnosis and the length of time that you guys went through infertility too. And so how long did you guys date before you got married? That's what I wanted to ask. Dated for about six years before we got married, but we started fertility treatments before we got married. Okay. 
so um yeah the story is like you know first you meet then you marry then you have a baby but we had already been through so much mm -hmm. it was like we almost felt like we were married already. I mean, we were living together. It had been through, you know, my mom, his mom. You know, we went through the recession together. You know, it was, we had already done that. So the baby thing was more of a, we want this together. We know we're going to be together. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's have a baby. Mm -hmm. And we were trying for about three years prior to all fertility treatments to have a baby on our own mm -hmm. and I was you know um obsessed with google and how to have a baby and keep your legs up in the air and uh drink all the pineapple juice possible pomegranate is a big one yeah I got you wear the socks wear the socks you know go do the acupuncture, do the everything and overdose on herb herbal um pills and any kind and of supplement. Tea. Yes. And everybody has a mother. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever do the castor oil rub on the belly? No. Did you ever do that? I didn't I didn't do that. What's the craziest thing you think you did while you were trying to conceive before your diagnosis so the, the the herbal thing i mean i was always kind of mm -hmm. doing that before the craziest thing is keeping my legs up for 20 minutes yes. and trying to read emails upside down <laughs> and send yes. emails out yes. and send payroll paychecks upside down well not upside down legs up yes. and and like oh my and that God, was normal like, this that was a normal Tuesday. <laughs> that was, that was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday for payroll to come out Thursday. Yes. So, I know all about I, it. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. I love it, though. I and, love it. and I remember him saying, I'm going to take pictures of this because we should, like, mark this. If you do get pregnant, like, I, I was like, no, please don't. And then coming out of that, like, I don't know if you remember feeling, like, dizzy and, like, yeah. you're like, okay, mm -hmm. equilibrium is off. And, um, yeah, a few days later, I, I got my period, like, three days later. Is it early or right. what happened? Why did I get and then it's like, well, who the hell do I tell? Who do I have to talk to that I can tell that I had my leg up in, in the fucking air, okay, <laughs> for 30 fucking minutes? Okay. Who do I tell? Who do I run to to tell about this? There's no, there's not a fucking soul out there. People be like, there's like, and that's the crazy thing and why you need community because nobody else is going to understand that thing the way you understand it. And then every now and then, there was no do. Facebook groups. No, there, there was no, mm -mm. there wasn't no Facebook groups for me to talk to. Nope. Let me tell you the best story though. The best story is so I'm so, I, we found a doctor. Mm -hmm. We found a few doctors. <laughs> I finally opened up to mm -hmm. my family my mom about like we're trying to have a baby mm -hmm. but it's not working naturally so my mom calls me we're driving mm -hmm. in LA windows down sun's shining feeling good you know like mm -hmm. okay now, are you Latina are you Latina Mandy so no okay. um my parents are from Trinidad oh you're West Indian oh my god yeah <laughs> I know you probably get that all the time though I grew up in Washington Heights, though, in New York, in a Dominican uh -huh. neighborhood. Oh, see, that's so, where the accent, I'm getting that accent from. Okay. That's what I thought. I thought you might have been Dominican. Yes. New York, <laughs> Way off. Uh, West Indian, like, uh -huh. everything mixed in there. 
Okay, now I see the West Indian in you. Now you say it, I see it in you because my mom and my dad have had a lot of West Indian friends for many, many years. And so I see it in you now that, you, that you've that you told me, but I thought you were Dominican, possibly. That's why I always ask I know, you I know. before I assume. <laughs> right. Only reason I ask is because because of the cultural biases about fertility treatments and such. That's why I asked. Don't tell a West Indian man that you're having fertility issues because the nonsense that comes out of their mouth is ridiculous. Yeah. So let me tell you what my mom says. So my mom calls me. I put her on speakerphone thinking she's just going to tell me about her routine doctor's appointments. She's like, Mandy, in her accent, Mm -hmm. I was in the doctor's office and I was reading a magazine and they were saying how to have how to have a baby naturally. And so I was like, okay, well, how do you what did they say? And she's like, they said that you should do it from the back. OMG, mom, we are not having this conversation. Like, seriously, mortified. (laughs) And he she's on speakerphone. And my husband hears it. He goes, that's what I've been talking about. Yeah, see, mom knows. Mom knows. (laughs) So I wanted to jump out of a moving car because my mother just basically said out loud, I should do it from the back. Oh, my gosh. That is and I don't think she understood what that meant. No, and then, like, now what you having diagnosis of infertility is, like, even when you think about it now, you're like, God damn, that was even worse than it was then now that we know. Like, this is crazy. But, uh, yes, I'm glad you told that story. That was a good laugh. Oh, my gosh. So, after the, yes. you guys are, like, you, you're trying, you're trying, you're having these conversations with your mom, these outrageous, blandish conversations with mom, right? <laughs> and so... When when did it after the three years? Is that when you guys really was like, you know what, we gotta figure what is going on? What is going on? After the three years of trying on our own, and you know, I'm having sex, got my period, having sex, got my period, having sex. Um, I went to my OB and I was like, you know, I'm trying to get pregnant and haven't gotten pregnant, and she wasn't really um, very informative on what I should do. Mm-hmm. She was just like, you just need to see a specialist. So I was like, okay, well, what is that? Like, what is a specialist? Like, mm-hmm. don't know what a specialist is. What, what, what am I specializing in? <laughs> like, I thought an OB is a specialty anyways. So what does that mean? And she was like, well, you have to find a fertility specialist. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I find that a little strange because in all honesty, I had never heard of a fertility specialist. I don't even, it didn't even, it didn't dawn on me that that was a problem. And I didn't even know at the time that there was a doctor specific Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went home, I went into my um, insurance, I logged in to see, you know, doctors in that um, insurance policy. And it said infertility specialists. And so I clicked on it and it said, it, we don't accept this. Mm-hmm. Clicked on the other doctor, don't accept, don't accept. So I was like, okay, well, how am I supposed to get these doctors? Mm-hmm. So I called a few of them and they're like, yeah, we don't take insurance. You have to pay cash. So I was like, okay, cool. That's not a problem, like, I guess. And like, oh, it's $250 for your first consult. Mm-hmm. Just to talk. Like, just to talk. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you going to take t- do tests or anything? Is there something that's included? And they're like, no. You just see the doctor. 
So they're like, it's like a copay. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but my copay is like $20. Like, you're talking about 250 So I made an appointment with one doctor and... Um, you know, he was he was nice. He was very you know informative. He told me about what pills to take, what prenatals, you know, what's going on. But I still didn't understand what he was talking about. He was like, oh, you know, we could do IUI, we can do IVF, we can do you know, we could talk about adoption, surrogacy, and I think that's when the same feeling that my mom felt when they talked about cancer. Mm-hmm. And not knowing what else happened after that, my, like, everything just, like, came out of me. I was, I I heard nothing that he said after that. And Mm -hmm. my husband was there, and he heard everything. And we walked out of there, and I was like, is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And I just started crying. Like, I cried, like, the entire ride home. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Like... Everybody else is just getting pregnant. Like, the hardest part of getting pregnant, or not even getting pregnant, on TV is just giving birth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that the hardest part? Well, why, is, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. What's happening? And my husband's like, I don't know, babe. I don't, I don't understand either. I, I'm learning with you. And I, I had no one else to talk to. I mm-hmm. had, like, my mom didn't understand. She had children easily. Um... Everybody I knew, and growing up in Washington Heights, people popping out babies. Multiples. Mm-hmm. At the age of 16, like, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> girls in high school, like, yeah. are getting pregnant. I never imagined this would be happening to me. And the fact that it was happening, and I didn't understand what was happening. Right. And yeah. so that's what kind of put us in this place that we were at. Mm-hmm. How old were you at the time? So... When I met the first doctor, I was 37 years old. Okay. So at least four years had gone by before we saw our first doctor. After the first doctor, when I was 37, he was like, let's take you to our financial department and talk about, you know, the cost because insurance doesn't cover it. And he gave me a booklet, like a folder. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, here's the cost of, you know, the procedure, the meds, this, that. It's like $50,000. Sir, you said that a little bit too easy for me, sir. <laughs> you need to go back. I was like, back. Monopoly money? Because I got that, like, right. in, the, in the Monopoly game. I was like, we don't have $50,000. And in my mind, I was like, if I give you $50,000 and I have a baby, then how do I feed my child? Yeah. Like, what These What happens? Questions. So I... I went home and I was like, all right, well, we're just going to have to try this naturally again. I didn't want to believe, in all honesty, that there was a problem. Mm-hmm. So so you didn't get I, any testing done with the first doctor, this first specialist? No, no. He okay. took 250 just to tell me that these are options mm-hmm. um, that I could have probably Googled for free. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> and so I waited another year, and it, so we still didn't get pregnant. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And then I was like, okay, one of um, my husband's college friends came to California and they were like, hey, well, let's meet up for lunch. Um, we haven't seen you guys. And when the invite was, we're going to invite another couple because we're trying to kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So we all met up in this nice restaurant and the other couple came and the woman was pregnant. And she was, you know, she was showing. She, she, she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she talked about was, like, IVF. She's like, I did IVF. We had been trying, and it finally worked, and blah, blah, blah. And she's talking, and I'm like, IVF? Mm. Like, I had what she's talking about. I was like, IV in the vagina fucking? What does (laughs) IVF mean? Yeah. Like, clearly she had a baby, and she did IVF. Mm. What? And she's talking and talking and talking. And I'm like, I have no idea what this lady's saying. And then after a while, it dawned that I have probably have to do IVF. Like, mm-hmm. it took some days to process what she was saying. And of course, me Googling and going obsessed on Google about why is it I haven't gotten pregnant in like five years. Mm-hmm. And I found another doctor. And at that point, I was 38 years old. And I had done all the labs mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I did everything. I prepped everything. And um, I saw a doctor before this new doctor. And he was like, at your age, you have a lot of eggs. And it looks really healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is really good. This is a benefit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving forward, I think you'll be able to, you know, do IVF and still um, be able to produce a child and so I went to this doctor and of course it's a year later and I gave him all my paperwork I was so excited you know I was like mm-hmm. yeah I got this I got the blood work I got the ultrasound isn't that funny how we get excited about it like we shouldn't be excited yeah. about this shit at all <laughs> <laughs> like, especially giving away a down payment to a doctor and we don't have any guarantees yeah I was like, so I had found out this doctor has a payment plan. So I got even more excited. I was like, oh, yeah, we could do a payment plan. Like, I don't have to drop 50K. <laughs> but by the time my kid's 38, they can help me with this payment plan. So we could do like a layaway plan if you yes. want. Oh, um, <laughs> so it was like, we could do that. Um, so I gave him my paperwork and um, he looked at my name. He looked at my age and he was like, so the first thing I want you to know is that you're old. Thanks. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll be 38 in a month. And, you know, I'm excited about 38. I was like, yeah, we're going clubbing. And he's like, yeah, um, no, like before we do anything, you need to acknowledge that you're old. So I said to him, I was like, I know how old I am. I celebrate my birthday every year. I don't need you all, to right. tell me First of all, I'm old. Yes. And, I, and I'm not old. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, to do this process, you're past the line of a possibility. And you have to acknowledge that you're old. 
the New York girl the in me. The fire is raging. I already, cause I'm, I'm raging now and it's been a long time since that happened to you. <laughs> I turned to my husband and uh, if you have to cut this out, um, mm-hmm. I said, if this motherfucker <laughs> my age one more fucking time, yeah. I'm going to leap over this desk and stab him in his eye with his own pencil. And he's there. He could hear me saying this. And my husband looks at me and he's like, looks at the doctor and he's like, okay, um, is there a possibility that we can move past this age thing? Because, dude, you're probably going to die. Like, I can't save you. <laughs> like, and I, I, when I looked at my husband, I honestly, like, I remember this so clearly. I couldn't look back at the doctor. I just stayed mm-hmm. focused on my husband's mm-hmm. face. I was just like, if I look back at him, I don't know what's going to come out my mouth. I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then I just felt like all this emotion, like come over me and like I felt the tears coming I felt like the butterflies or the angry butterflies in my stomach and it just I don't I don't know what happened in the rest of the the meeting um I know we got up my husband held my hand we walked out and they're like do you want to walk into the financial office to discuss? He was like, "No, we'll we'll uh, take the pamphlet and uh, talk about it and we'll call you guys and schedule something." Got in the car and that stopped me from trying for two years after that. Wow. Because he kept telling me that I needed to recognize how old I am. Mm. It just turned you off. And yeah. It turned me off. It got me emotional. Mm-hmm. It, it got me it got me depressed, honestly. Yeah. It 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 really it had me in a place where I never thought I'd I'd be emotional emotionally after going through all this stuff with my mom and mm-hmm. you know Johnny's mom and then our our relationship I didn't think one person could literally change my view of my own life in a matter of minutes yeah. and and I let him do that in all honesty I let him because I thought of him as like okay he's the fertility God, he's going to make this happen. I'm going to have this baby after all these years of trying. He's going to make this happen. And instead, he turned around and he was like, I'll take your money. Mm-hmm. But you're probably not going to have a child. Which which is normal. I mean, we get that. I, I understood that problem. But I didn't understand you having to remind me that I'm old. Yeah, he put a lot of emphasis on it. I'm pretty sure he was a middle-aged man at the time, right? He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had to be in his late 60s. And that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> if anybody's old in this room, it's you, Doc, okay? It's you. <laughs> Not me. That pisses no. me off. It really does because society places such a huge impact on a woman's age, and they equate that to her being attractive or, yeah. you know what I mean? And it just reminds me of the, the, the dark ages when a woman had to be married by the time she was 14 or a young girl had to be married by the time yep. she was 14 and by the time she was 30 he was looking for a second wife like yeah okay. yeah nobody wants to talk about how it's hard for you to get your thing up so leave my <laughs> age out of it okay leave my age out of it so that's two doctors are a bust <laughs> so doctors are a bust. you waited two more years until you were 40 to go back a yeah. third time right and mm-hmm. so what, what prompted you wanting mm-hmm. to get back to fertility treatments see myself going through talking to anyone about this mm-hmm. again and I, and I felt very alone and I felt very you know sad that there wasn't any 
anybody that could relate my yeah. stuff to. When I had started the journey, you know, I got excited when I read the good news and stuff. And so I was like, I'm not ready to be hit in the face again with bad news or, you know, it wasn't even bad news. It was just the way it was presented, the way it was presented. Exactly. So he would call me every day for like two weeks. Did you check him out? Did you research him? Did you do your due diligence? And I'd lie and say, yes, yes, yes. But I did it. And um, one day he called me and I was so annoyed. I was like, oh, my God, like he keeps harassing me about this. So I was like, okay, dad, um, I'm reading about them right now. And I put the phone down and I started Googling them. And it said the clinic in Trinidad was a sister uh, clinic to the Barbados Fertility Center. So their main center is in Barbados. So it moved me right into that site of part of their website. So I started reading it and I started like, you know, getting all engulfed in it, like Googling reviews and what people felt and how they, you know, reacted to everything. And I only saw positive stuff, positive, positive, positive reviews. But what really got me was like their main like motto was you come here to do fertility treatments. We want you to leave your laptop at home. And you come here as if you're coming for a vacation. Mm. This is going to be a stress-free process. Okay. And we will walk you through it. So I was like, well, I guess stress is kind of adding to why this is happening. And I saw all the doctors were all women. Mm. And all the doctors I'd seen before were all men. Mm-hmm. All white men on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well... Every office I've gone into, it's white men that were doctors and mostly white women that were sitting in the office um, waiting room. So I never really saw anybody like me waiting. And I was like, all right. And and no one had an interracial relationship as well. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I feel really left out. I feel like, you know, I'm the common denominator because everybody else looks the same except me. So I'm the one that's always the out outcast kind of so when i went on their website and i saw all these like col- different colored women i got a little excited i was like maybe they understand you know what i'm feeling mm-hmm. so you know i did some research and i went up to johnny and i was like so uh i found another place and he's like what i was like but it's in barbados and he's like we are not going out of country for medical work I was like, yeah, but people go to Mexico to get dental work and boob jobs. Why can't we go? He's like, I said, people go to Africa for adoption and, you know, India for medical stuff. And he's like, we are not, we are not those people. So I had to get the information in there a few more times. We had to talk about it. I brought it up like every opportunity I can. Dinner time, breakfast. And he was like, so he finally was like, I'll do my own research. So he did some research. He, you know, Googled that stuff himself. And he was like, okay, like if you feel in your gut and your intuition says that this is going to work for you or for us, then I'm in. He's like, but if your gut feeling says that this is not right, then we're not doing it. And you have to tell me. And I was like, I always go with my gut and my intuition. I'm not, I'm not going to lie about this so we sent an email request and said hey i'd like to um 
do a consult. And they're like, yeah, we do the consult over the phone, and we're not charging you. I'm like, God, check for you. <laughs> you don't need another $250. And it's significantly cheaper to get IVF in Barbados from what I've read, right? Yeah. yeah. So the whole process itself was like almost 11000 mm-hmm. So total, like, things were about... 15, I mean, you're talking about travel, hotel, food, the meds, you have to get them outside. Um, You can get meds there from them, but how to get it to you was a little bit of a difficulty. So, yeah, we spent about 15,000 and we didn't have to pay all up front. So that was definitely one financial, like, burden lifted. Okay. And, um... I, I did three rounds with them. And the first round was a fail. Uh, it failed. Um, transferred two, mm-hmm. and they didn't stick. Okay. And so, then I went and I did another round, and that's the round that I have my daughter. So when you guys go to Barbados to do the treatments, and you said that you did two, and the second one was the baby girl. That's your BFP, right? So were you staying in Barbados the entire time? How long were your stays? I did, we did all the treatment at home. The max days I stayed was seven days. Okay. So I didn't do a, a fresh transfer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did a frozen transfer three times. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Wow. Well, I'm glad your experience in Barbados was as good as it was. I've heard the bedside care there is phenomenal um, when yeah. I did some reading. Oh Way better I, than I America. Yeah, I love them. I love the doctors there, the nurse coordinators, the staff. Like after the first one that didn't work, they would call me, mm-hmm. would email me, they would check on me. They would send on WhatsApp. They send me messages mm-hmm. like you know we're thinking about you. They were the ones who even suggested that you know I see a therapist if mm-hmm. if it was too emotional, yeah. and which I had never thought of like you know, talking to a therapist before because I thought it was just something I had to manage on my own. But they they were amazing. Like, even though it didn't work the first two times, I couldn't turn and blame them because they walked me through the process. They got me to understand my medical records. They got me to understand. And they, they sat there and explained things, even with things I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I was like... And they could see it in my face, like, mm, yeah, 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 I get it. And they're like, no, you don't get it. Let me, uh. <laughs> it's like talking to your aunt, no, right? <laughs> like, girl, I know you no, don't have it, okay? Like, I know you don't have it. Like, that, that look. So, um, <laughs> and they explained it. And, you know, it was, it was sad. And it was hurtful that it didn't work. And, you know, your body's gone through all these hormones and emotions. And you're jacked up on every kind of medicine possible and vitamins they were the ones that were like so you know that this is this is your body this is a woman's body they explained it so well and they were so comforting and not once did they ever say not bitch you're old and this shit is not gonna happen they're like um we have to have hope this this there is a science and we believe in science and science is why you're here but, you know, we also believe in acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do um, reflexology. Let's do, you know, and the first day I got there, we sat at the office and my husband was like, so what do we, um, what can't we do mm-hmm. since we have to start this process? And they were like, 
every Thursdays there's a fish fry that happens in the city. Mm. Go to that, drink, have some have some drinks, have some cocktails. They're like, don't go crazy, of course. And they're like, don't we're not promoting alcohol. But enjoy your life. Be a couple. Enjoy what you love in each other and why you're here together. And they're like, I was like, can I go on the beach? Can I go on a boat? They're like, yeah, why not? I was like, I don't know. Like, I felt so much judgment in in, in, America, in the States in about anything I did yeah. that it put more stress on me. That's why everybody in other countries there, I listen to a couple of podcasts who are like in the UK and stuff. And they're like, they're, they always say this phrase like freaking Americans or those Americans, you know how Americans are. I always laugh at it because and I don't get offended because I'm like, yeah, we are fucking trip. We are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're a lot, you know, and then we're also rigid in our medical care. And as far as like bedside manner and all that stuff, like I, I respect a very direct doctor. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been through a lot and enough to understand where women are at our age, you know, in our forties trying for a baby it's not hard. It's not, it is hard. It's not impossible. Um, and I don't want anyone to look at my story and say, okay, well, that's a lot of ups and downs. And I don't know if I can do that. Mm -hmm. You actually can do it. You're much stronger than you give yourself credit for. And when you walk out of this trying, even if it fails or if it's, you know, if you have a child, you see life differently. There's, there's, that's a journey that if you don't try, you're always going to sit there and say, what a coulda, shouldas. And financially, it might be almost impossible in the United States, but there are clinics outside of the United States. And now there's programs, now there's scholarships, now there's grants, now there's opportunity. When I started, I didn't, I didn't have any of that. There was nothing there, and it was not too far along. But there were no Facebook groups or Instagram groups or people to follow. And I feel like now we've finally given a voice to infertility. And there are people that are standing up and saying, hey, I'm telling my story. I'm speaking my truth. And here's the ups and downs. Here's what you should look at, what you shouldn't look at. And I, and I want women to know that, you know, there's information out there now. Mm -hmm. and, and accept it. And don't be shy about it mm -hmm. and if your family and friends don't understand there's a whole community out there that does yeah and and will offer you the advice or that shoulder to cry on or that window to scream out of like there's people there and I'm hoping that with my story and you know I'm actually working on my first book about my story to help I I, I feel like what I've been through was pretty heavy mm -hmm. and we all kind of go through the same thing but being a woman of color being a woman from the caribbean we don't talk about it we don't exchange these stories you know like you said your grandmother had her last child at 45 mm -hmm. we don't even know how she felt or what people were saying to her or how the community was treating her because she had a child so old mm -hmm. you know and it's 45 is not old so I feel like we we definitely created a better path and community and an open arena for, for people to talk about it and for women to feel like, okay, 
I can't tell my sister or my mom because they don't understand or they're saying hurtful things and you know there's a community that will hear you and understand you and and can definitely hold your hand through the process yeah yeah I don't have anything to add Mandy said it all and there's bits and pieces of gems throughout this episode for you guys to take notes on or put in the back of your mind for when you are going to the doctor and paying attention to the red flags of doctors you know the new thing is red flags everybody's putting red flags on everything so mm -hmm. if you see a red flag with a doctor run okay run. <laughs> just like that 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 sound that everybody's using for their reels the music starts coming and dun, 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 dun. run yeah run the hell up on out of that doctor's office okay mandy didn't been through three before she got to the perfect one and i went through yeah. one before getting to the perfect one so um just thank you mandy thank you thank, thank you. you thank you again now tell us where we can find you on instagram at imperfect ivf on instagram and facebook and tiktok yes. tiki tock <laughs> love it so thank you mandy again girl for coming on the show sharing a couple of laughs a couple of wild moments with us and just being a voice and a pillar for others in the community on instagram as well as facebook you guys make sure that you connect with mandy on instagram or facebook whatever you prefer or both <laughs> and um yeah you guys know where to find me infertility and me podcast on ig and consider joining our patreon community as well that i was telling you guys about earlier in the intro and uh yeah i think we're good for today so peace and blessings you guys and happy saint patrick's day hey thanks for having okay at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.